Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, indeed. It is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. And, of course, Rodrigo Mendoza on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir, and appreciate you all for rocking with us on this Tuesday evening. Here in about 20 minutes, we'll talk with our guy, Ari Temkin. Um, He hosted Big 12 this morning on SiriusXM. We'll talk to him about the college football landscape and that one thing about uh, Florida State not being let in. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll do all that um, in the next segment. You can always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-881. 1053. You can also uh, talk to us and we'll talk back on various video platforms. You can see our faces. You know, you can see the nice uh, army camo green Texas Rangers hat that Chris Arnold is wearing right now. Well, and his smiling champions. face as well. That's yeah. talk to mm-hmm. him. Talk to him. Let him know. Yes. Never let him forget 2023. What's happening? Um, can you Twitch. See my hat on Twitch? Oh, no, we can't no, see your yeah. hat on Twitch, but it's a good one. It is a good one, and it does also say World Series champions with the Texas Rangers tee. It's crazy how there's so many of those hats are showing up. Um, because it's they like won they the, won World, the Series. World Series. Yeah, that's crazy. You would think. Incredible stuff. Incredible scenes. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. You can catch us there. Or also searching 105 through the fan on YouTube. Now, we are, what, headed into week 14 in the NFL? It's crazy to think that we are that far along oh, in this thing. It's December, man. We're getting we're getting to that time where it's uh it's kind of this winning time in a way, right? It, it's time to figure yourself out. It's time to figure out who is really going to get into this tournament that we're we call the NFL stretch. playoffs. We're we down we the really stretch. are right now. We we are at the time where we keep seeing them graphics get put up about who's you know who's the division winners, who's mm-hmm. in the wild card, and who's in the hunt. Isn't that one of your favorite things when you see mm-hmm. see that in the hunt little? Uh, and we we are in that place. And show show you where we are because this is December now. Yeah. These are the games left on the Cowboys schedule. I can recite them off the top of my head. They got to play Philadelphia. Correct. Then they play Buffalo. Yep. Then they play Miami. Mm-hmm. Then they play Detroit. Yep. And they wrap it up against Washington. Yeah, and five what, games. What a what a lovely soft landing. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, five five but, games left. But but don't mess up the landing. Stick. You got to stick. That's the right. Landing. That's right. Exactly. You, you will landing. lose points for for uh, flubbing the landing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but. One uh, one writer that I absolutely love, Stephen Ruiz of The Ringer, does a great job writing about football. And he brings us eight questions that will shape the NFL playoff race. And so if you're game with me, CA, um, okay. I'm going to kind of throw these at you and kind of get your feel for them. How's that sound? Sound good. Sound okay. like a plan. Sound All right, we'll begin Let's with share. the Cowboys opponent, the Philadelphia Eagles. Question number one has to pertain to them and their quarterback. And the question is, is Jalen Hurts healthy enough to carry the Philadelphia Eagles to the rest, the rest of the way? Right? We've seen he that. He was hurt last year this time. 
He was, and we've seen a marked uh, drop uh, in his in his play uh, over a little while. That knee seems to be kind of mm-hmm. you know hampering him. And obviously, maybe you could just say like this is some level of you know regression to the mean or whatever with him. If you are some level of you know denier of his abilities, which you have, I guess you have your right to have, but. Is is he going to be healthy enough to carry the Eagles because he is going to be important in making sure that that ball gets around and gets to those playmakers that can really right. hurt a team? He's got a lot of talented receivers around him, but yeah, if that knee's bothering him, he may it may it may mess up his accuracy. It won't mess up the uh, tush push, but it might mess up the accuracy of his throws. And at the same time, their defense is not as good as last year's Philadelphia Eagles defense, so he actually does have to carry more of the burden. And yeah. I think it could affect him. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that he's he's taking more time to and throw. And I love Jalen Hurts. Yes, I have a lot of mad respect for him. I, I I look. There's a lot of people that like him just like as a dude. He seems like a pretty cool dude. Even as a player, last year mm-hmm. I I bought Same into here. the idea that he is a good quarterback, 100. Yep. percent Um, I think that offensively and defensively, their play callers are interesting with the Eagles. Where oh, uh, that's another thing. You're right. They're new. Yeah, both of them are new. Offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are new for the Eagles. And it it seems like they're searching a lot of times instead of kind of doing the things that you know work with this team. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm definitely seeing with Jalen Hurts is that sometimes it feels like they're just trying to get everything at once too often. Like he is, in fact, getting back there and, you know, spending a lot. It's taking a long time to throw. Um, His average time to throw last year was 3.7 seconds. And... Where's my – ooh, I don't lost the number. I apologize for throwing okay. numbers out there that I couldn't find. But regardless, right, you can I see pro- – Wait, can I tell people, pull the curtain back? I'm trying, I'm trying to tell y'all, I'm looking at Reg right now. He is not pulling these numbers out of his behind. He's got, <laughs> he's got a tablet in front of him, well, and they're on a tablet. One, one thing I can tell you, he's been pressuring off 51 total dropbacks over the last two weeks, which leads the league. And so, like, he's mm-hmm. he's had a lot of pressure back there. And if his mobility is limited by or hampered by that knee injury, he might have a little bit of a tough time executing as a quarterback, which, hey, you know who's good at creating pressure? The Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Uh, so that's going to be fun this week. But that's going to be, I think, a big question to determine how these playoffs are going to stack up because the Eagles obviously are going to be a prominent and uh, feature player in this. You know what? I just They're almost like fool's gold. I don't quite believe them yet because they kept winning all these games. Mm-hmm. You know, one score football games, 100%. And I, think, and I think they've been down at halftime like the last five games in a row. They've been down at halftime, but somehow, some way, the team that you know, the contender that they were playing, like Kansas City or Buffalo, they would just do it to themselves. The Eagles never beat them. This is what Eagle fans were saying We never beat them. We just, they just lost to us. Well, that's going to catch up with you sometime. All right. How about this as a question that will shape? the playoff race this year. Is Jordan Love the best quarterback in the NFC North? <laughs> Jordan Love had a fantastic showing really in prime maybe, time maybe on he's Sunday. he's finding it, that mojo. You know, he's been there for a while. And all I can say is I'm just enamored with Hobbs, you know, because he beat the Cowboys. I'm like, wait a minute, people are asleep. He was the uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. I'm talking about Minnesota's quarterback. Oh, I, Josh Dobbs? Yeah, Dobbs. I said Hobbs. Dobbs. Yeah, Josh Dobbs. I've been just amazed with him because, first of all, he looks like Charlie Villanueva from the NBA. Yeah, I believe, he, I believe he has alopecia, if I yeah, remember I'm correctly. That's but the point is, not only did he beat the Cowboys for the Arizona Cardinals, he gets traded up there to Minnesota when Kirk Cousins got hurt. Mm-hmm. And he came off the bench and led them to the victory and became NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And I'm like, 
he got something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Well, since week nine, it has not looked as good for Josh Dobbs. Um, when we just talk about uh, his, let's talk about his completion percentage is still all right, 66.4%. Um, but his total EPA is in, in the negative over those weeks. Uh, those, I believe, that month of play. Um, obviously, Justin Fields has had his struggles. His EPA, total EPA is a negative 5.4. Joshua Dobbs is a negative 3.6, right? Um, expected points added is that is that advanced stat that we're talking about. Josh Fields does have, or sorry, Justin Fields rather, does have a high completion percentage, but he's not getting a lot of yards per drop back. He's not, Running. the success rate is pretty low. How about Jared Goff is usually, is the quarterback that I think a lot of people would look to when they're talking about in the NFC North as a potential best quarterback. Normally. In fact, he started a season that way, but then he's been fumbling a lot since the last month. Absolutely. Um, you're seeing that over the last four weeks, again, since week nine, his completion percentage is also in that 66.4% range. Total EPA is positive, but it's 7.5 yards per drop back. Or sorry, yeah, yards per drop back. The EPA per drop back is about 0.10, and he has a 49% success rate. That's solid. Let me talk to you about Jordan Love, who also, completion percentage, about the same, 66.1. Yards per drop back, about the same. Success rate, about the same. Like, all these things are in the same place. Total EPA is 47.7, which blows out the 14 uh, points uh, EPA uh, of Jared Goff. It feels like he has just found a – he's found himself within this system. um, In the the last month or so, right? Absolutely. Because he he didn't start out that way. No, it really didn't. And there was – I had – you saw a little bit of a spark early on where you're like, Mm -hmm. huh, maybe. And it didn't – it just felt like – not just him. It felt like him and all of the youth that they have in their offense. I'm talking about Christian Watson. I'm mm-hmm. talking about, uh, oh, my God, um, um, Romeo Dobbs, I believe, uh, is one of their wide receivers. Yeah, all of these guys that are young. Matt LaFleur calls a really good offense. It felt like they just didn't execute it right, and execution is one of those words that gets mm-hmm. really annoying. However, it does seem like they've snapped into the right execution of the Matt LaFleur offense. And you're seeing the benefits of those things. And some of that is like Jordan Love. And, hey, at the very least, I think what you could say is for a month stretch of sample, he looks like he is capable of running that offense to its uh, to its maximum. And I think that's Ride that, that horse, might, man. That might be all you needed to know yeah. in trying to get um in trying to get your next quarterback for the Packers. Right. In fact, let him let it play out. Sometimes people get, you know, trigger happy. They, they you know, they want instant results. I know he's been in the building for a long time. They've been waiting on him. Aaron Tom, Aaron Rodgers was seemed like he was gone. Then he was, you know, Jordan Love is here. Well, I'm saying let the man play and let it play out because he's got some. Des Bryant was the first one that had me pay attention to Jordan Love in college because he was like, look at this guy. This is, he was tweeting about him all the time, but I still think that he's not the best quarterback in the North. Well, those are your four options. He might, he might be in. He might be the uh, the hottest one right mm-hmm. now, and that's fair. Those are your four options between Golf, Fields, mm-hmm. Dobbs, and yeah. Love. Let me and tell you the problem with with Golf. What's that? Those Sean Sharif hands. He's got these little okay. tiny hands. All that's right. why he's dropping the ball all the time. I'm sure Sean appreciates that. I the, tell him the, that. The, the Packers are currently sitting in seventh, and that's why it matters mm-hmm. in the way that this playoff race goes. Uh, number four, can any defense stop a healthy Niners offense? It feels like the only time that that team has lulled is when they've missed. And they've had injured players like Debo Samuel right. and Trent Williams. They get those guys back, and it looks like they are firing on all cylinders. Is there anybody out there that can stop them? No. And I say that as a fact because just look when they were healthy, what they were doing. And I've always said football is a war of attrition. Whoever's healthiest at the end has the greatest chance to win it all. If they're not healthy, they're not going to win. Remember, 
People say, well, how did they not win it all last year? How did they not go to – how about Brock Purdy got knocked out? Purdy got knocked out in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's, they really do feel that themselves. They feel like they, they should have won, and that was a yeah. lot of the talk that they talked leading into this game if Sunday against the Eagles. you got to be healthy. And it, it was their health, their lack of health, that particular game that did them in, that bit them. And, again, they've got more talented, and, and the coaching staff is very savvy. You know, it's theirs. In my mind, it's theirs to lose. And it's all going to be about their health. Uh, another question that will shape the playoffs. Wait, wait, I got one question for you real quick. Race, yes. Do you see Kansas City beating them in the Super Bowl? I think Kansas City has to get there. Well, we're just straight up then in the regular season. Uh, beating the Niners? Yeah. Not right now. See, that's what I'm saying. That's my whole point. It's theirs to lose. It's theirs to lose. To get there, the whole nine yards, they are the team to beat in the NFL. And that leads into this next question, which is which AFC division leader has the inside track on the number one seed? Your current division leaders are the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Jaguars, and the Chiefs. And, I mean, a lot of people would instantly default to the Chiefs, but that's a team that's been carried by their defense this year. It's odd to say, even though they have Patrick Mahomes, you could look at the wide receiving core and know that that's you know that's been a you know a hindrance to them. Um, the Matt Nagy called offense can be a little suspect at times, but this past weekend you saw that offense in what six drives scored nineteen points. It's not terrible, but then you look up and you go, oh, that defense gave up points. Mm-hmm. And so is that one of those instances where it's just a you know bad defense or defenses have a bad week every once in a while, or are they now crumbling under the pressure of having to try and carry that offense, even though it's Patrick Mahomes led. So they got they got experience yeah. and they should, but I think the team to beat is Baltimore. And that's because Lamar Jackson is healthy and that defense is for real. Whether uh Wink Martindale is their defensive coordinator or not, he's up there with the Jets now. Yeah, now they have uh was it Mike McDonald um right. there. They've got a little bit of an interesting schedule because they got the Rams, the Jags, the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Steelers before they end their season. The Dolphins are the other team they're currently sitting in one, and they've got an interesting path to the end of the season because they'll still face the Titans and the Jets, eh, but they face the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills to finish out the season. So it's going to be interesting to see who can grab the number one seed in the AFC. Um, Also talking about the Chargers and the Bills, is the door still open for them? Nope. No? All right, we're just going to keep pushing. This one's interesting. Can Dak Prescott keep up this keep this up against the good teams, right? That's one of the questions that will shape this playoff race because Dak Prescott is playing undoubtedly the best quarterback uh, play that he's played in his career. I'm going to tell you this in a short sample size. He was keeping it up against Philadelphia when they lost. That was not his fault that they Absolutely. lost. Fair no, enough. No one, no one has said, oh, that was Dak Prescott's fault. He was, he was doing the same thing. He was playing very well against Seattle. Those are teams that are winning teams. So to answer the question – on a short sample size, yes. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a situation where he looked like the MVP, and the thing about Prescott is we've seen him have good stretch, like really good stretches in his career. I think this is the highest of the highs that we've seen, but we've seen him have good stretches for maybe a month, month and a half. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is he's going to have to do that for a longer stretch of time, and it feels like they have gotten themselves into this place where need feels like it might be a little bit of a stretch, but they need him to do this. Yeah, and I right? think you can. The only question, and circle your calendar, mm-hmm. when they play at the Dolphins, the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins is Fangio. Yep, he was Vic the Fangio. defensive coordinator with the Denver Broncos three two years ago yep. when he said, we, fi- we figured out the blueprint to beat Dak, and he did. And he flooded the secondary with seven and eight guys, and that's when Dak stopped throwing into secondaries. And then all of a sudden last year, they said force it, and he threw 15 picks. So this guy, Fangio, 
Does he have the blueprint again? We're going to find out. Yeah, I, I think we will. Ultimately, you've seen a lot of those, you know, too high shells and such mm-hmm. continue. I think the big thing about Dak Prescott this year is he you've seen the decision making of old, not the decision making right. of last year. And that's been turned up like he just does not oh, yes. make. He hardly makes no bad, bad decisions yep. this year. Exactly. And I mean, you can't say that for everyone. Like quarterback is a really difficult position, especially when you have to play mm-hmm. it at a high level. And during this stretch, it feels like it's impossible for him to make a misstep. And I think that's really that's really the question: is can he continue at that high level? His teammates seem to believe in him that way. Mm-hmm. The, the organization seems to believe mm-hmm. in him that way, and, and he's playing he believes in himself that hundred percent. In fact, to a point where he's had a little bit of edge on a podium well, nowadays. What did he say? Uh, Pull honey on me. He did say you that. See me in a bear fight, put honey on me. And we'll we'll see if that continues. The you know the the Seahawks tried to give him a little bit of a test. It'll continue along as they face off against the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday, Sunday Night Football. And you can hear that no other place than 105.3 yes, The Fan. It's the get right right here Woo. on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's talk about the college football landscape. What's happening? All these transfers, transfer portal, and of course, Florida State being left out. Does Ari Temkin of Big 12 This Morning agree with it? We'll discuss it next. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for contract tricks in the DFW. And if your loved one have been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckrec.com or call 214 or 817-333-3333. Mariah, Mariah, my heart is on fire. It's the Get Right right here on 105 through the fan Reginald Attitude along with a chanting Chris Arnold. Got you down. On this Tuesday evening. Appreciate you rocking with us. Uh, here in about 20 minutes, we'll get you uh, one of those patented CA stories. Have a little fun with that here shortly. However, um, the college football world has been in full complaint mode, which is honestly the best iteration of the college football world. And in order to talk about that and much more around college football, we bring in the host of Big 12 this morning on Sirius XM and a friend of ours. His name is Ari Tempkin. Ari, what's happening, my man? Reg, CA, what's up, guys? It was great to see you both last night. Man, yeah, absolutely. Had a lot of fun Sunday. Looks, looks like you've been living good, as uh, I always love to hear. Um, the, the, let's talk about this real quick to get out the way. Um, the Florida State being left out of the college football playoff thing. I personally am not like trying to get too mad about this because I feel like there's never a like consistent logic when we get to the college football playoff ultimately, and I'm not going to be mad about it. Do you think that's a fair approach to this, or do you think I'm just kind of uh, being a contrarian? No, I mean, look, I think, you know, this is like a Rorschach test in some ways. Like, it's impossible to come up with the right answer. There is no right answer, and that's, you know, that's the whole purpose. You know, it's my vantage point of it is I think they got it right. I understand the idea of, well, who the best teams are is subjective. Um, But you basically have a situation this year where five teams were needed for four spots. 
And that isn't always the case. In fact, most of the time in recent history, we probably had two more spots than we actually needed. Most of the time when it gets down to the end of the season, there's really only two teams, it seems like it's been, that are you know in position to win a national championship. It should be in that conversation in terms of you know what their resumes look like, how good they are, how they're built, what they're constructed like. This year is different. I think you could justify a spot for all five Power 5 teams. The problem is there's only four spots. And it's, it's ironic, guys, because it's the ACC's fault. It's Jim Phillips's fault that they don't have a playoff team because had they not come up with this stupid alliance two years ago, it would have not delayed CFP talk and eventual approval, and we probably would have had, had expansion this year, guys. So that's the ultimate irony in all of this, <laughs> is that the ACC should really be pointing at itself for its stupidity. I remember that. ridiculous alliance that all they did was vote against the expansion of the playoff a vote that went 8-3 that needed to be unanimous, that went all of the Power 5 conferences with the exception of the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, along with all the Group of Five and Notre Dame, all voted in favor of expansion. Those three did not. We have expansion next year instead of this year. It's all Jim Phillips' fault. Oh, yeah. I, hey, I remember that. For those real who quick, don't know, real quick. All right, all right, we're getting a little clicking on your line. Let's call you right back so that we can make sure that people can hear you loud and clear because yeah, you're spinning fire right now. Yeah. We're going to call you right back. Yeah, so, uh, let me let me reiterate that story for those who don't know. Yeah, please do. A couple of years ago, they were expanding their playoffs to like 12 games. And it looked like it was done. But the AAC. ACC. ACC. Yeah, there's the ACC no. and there's the AAC. And yeah, then there's the, these. Well, it's yeah, so funny almost. because the SMU Mustangs are headed to the ACC after leaving the AAC. That's right. Um, yeah, I, they, they actually delayed what they, they agreed upon the same thing. It's like. You, you you said no because it looked like it was going to happen that summer. And then all of a sudden it does happen a year later. And they, what, they didn't even make any changes. Yeah, and I mean, like, that, that whole alliance was hilarious because it was the ACC, um, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 were trying right. to get together. And all of them were looking around like, Hey, let's not trust that uh that SEC that back. They'll they'll yeah. do shenanigans and they'll take Big things 12. away. And then here comes the Big Ten actually stealing uh-huh. all of the the teams and actually creating the end end game of college football that we all kind of anticipated it going towards. And it seems like we have Ari back. Uh, with that being the case, do you also find it hilarious that not just the expansion portion of it that when we when we looked at that alliance and we said the you know that they were looking at it and trying to avoid this world, we're ultimately still getting to this place where we're moving quicker and quicker to a consolidation of the highest, the biggest programs in the sport to maybe what could be like a pseudo super league. Yeah. I mean, that is certainly where it's going. And, you know, I host on, on Sirius XM big 12 radio and we've got channels with big 12 and sec and big 10 and ACC and Pac 12. And you know, the reality of the situation is right now, the positioning is about the ACC and the big 12 putting themselves in position to be attractive enough to attract the Big Ten and the SEC in the next decade. Because once these TV deals are up, talking about the current ones, at least for the Big 12, it's up before the ACC's new TV deal is up in 2036. That's what they're all going to be looking for. It's a safe landing spot because the profits, the revenue, et cetera, from a television standpoint that is so much larger, you know, in the SEC and the Big Ten. Now, Ari, the thing that I think me and you stopped and talked about because we're both college football nerds uh, at Jared Sandler's event on Sunday was the transfer portal and the ways in which it's exploded in a way that even I did not anticipate. We're seeing like whole quarterback rooms leaving programs at a, in one fell swoop. What has been your read on the way that this has gone? Because it's been almost like a level of shell shock to me personally. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, every year just seems to, you know, go further and further. I think last year the one-day record was like 700 uh, portal entrants in one day. Um, and on Monday, the first day of the window for this latest portal, over 1,000 kids entered. And so it's like every year of the portal, it's gone more and more higher. Now, look, some of that makes sense because of coaching changes, you know, and so you're going to get 20 to 30 kids from one school that may leave when a coach is fired. And that makes sense. But, you know, I think what you have also is you've got all these different subsets of why certain players in certain positions would go to the portal. Quarterback's an interesting one. Dylan Gabriel Mm -hmm. is a big time quarterback for Oklahoma and Oklahoma's got Jackson Arnold coming up behind him. And Jackson Arnold is a five-star big time recruit, but like, you know you have a guy that has shown the ability to be an elite passer at this level right now. Like, he has shown it. And Jackson Arnold could and might, and maybe he has a higher ceiling, he certainly should, than, than Dylan Gabriel. But it's such an odd dynamic that you essentially push out the guy that's proven, that has actually done it in games and shown it over multiple seasons for a guy that has all kinds of potential but hasn't shown it on the field. And again, it's not anything against Jackson Arnold. I'm sure he's going to be a really good quarterback. It's just a very odd dynamic. I mean, you well, they didn't push him out. Are you? You're leaping to that conclusion. Dylan sure. Gabriel graciously thanked everybody and announced he was leaving. And Ari, how much of this is just like we have reached, or, re, or rather reaching a time where the seemingly unending authority of the head coach is waning a little bit in that in the past we might have seen a quarterback like that just kind of be held there and not allowed to go anywhere, and now they have a little bit more autonomy, autonomy to look around and say, I don't like the situation I'm in, I'm a bounce. Oh, there's no question the power dynamic has shifted. And look, CA is right. I mean, I, I'm jumping to a conclusion, but it is that hard to jump to, considering why would Dylan Gabriel leave when, you know, he's been at OU now for a couple of years, he's had a ton of success. I mean, if he goes to Mississippi State and follows Jeff Levy there, maybe that makes more sense because he was with him at UCF and then at OU. But I, I just don't know why you'd leave. You're the starter at a program that's one of the top programs in the country that just won 10 games, and you're really, quite frankly, you know, in the in that B range of the Heisman Trophy candidates, and we're sitting kind of in that second tier all season. It just it doesn't make any sense to me why he would want to leave that situation. You know, again, maybe you want to go to Oregon or somewhere else, but it's like well, you've already done it at OU. And and I mean, Reg, I think your point is extremely well stated. The power dynamic has shifted dramatically here, and that's what coaches are complaining about. And looks in some ways they've got a point; in other ways they have to evolve and adjust and adapt. But yeah, I mean, look, I think. As we look at these numbers, the volume of the transfer portal, like the hope is over time, kids are going to get better educated. And, you know, I think, I think you've got situations where they've got guys in their ears that might be telling them things. I mean, you've got all different kinds of dynamics, and that's not always the best idea for them to leave. Certain situations, certainly. But a 1,000 kids, you've got a lot of kids that are making the wrong decisions that are going to end up in many ways at a lesser, you know, at a lesser program. I mean, you, you had a pretty high number of players that left – from the transfer portal from the power five last year that had to go to the group of five. And in some cases go to the FCS level. In some cases they wanted that. In other cases, um, you know, I think these are kids that thought they had spots open that didn't. So I think so much of this too is acquiring data and information that hopefully at some point will get shared with kids. So they have a better idea and understanding of what they're exactly getting themselves into. Well, you say that it's not just the kids that don't know what's happening. It seems like the, you know, the coaches and the administrators, nobody seems to understand what this wild West is. And there's no, like we're, because we're in a place that's entirely uncharted and it seems like it's only getting more so with the NCAA announcing uh, Charlie Baker, the president announcing that they are proposing the creation of a new subdivision 
within Division One that's going to allow like you know schools to opt in to direct payments uh, to players, although not in the way that would actually be like pure employment. It would just kind of be this weird trust thing where they can maybe touch it later. Uh, one, do you see that affecting the way that this transfer thing continues? And two, like, do you agree with that as like from a moral place or what have you, um, the way that the NCAA is floating this? So it is really interesting, Reg, because they're trying to kind of feed two masters here in a sense. Like they're trying to make sure that they dot every I across every T when it comes to their argument that they're trying to make in Congress that they're not employees. So I, you're extremely right in how you stated it there. Like they're creating a trust, they're doing all these things that NIL through the school can, can pay for, but it's not pay for play. They're still, you know, limited to you know, you, 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 the same rules that govern uh, Title Nine. Um, you know, I think they're placating in a sense to universities, um, but they're also again placating as well um, to the government and to lawmakers uh, who they're trying to make the case that they're employees. Like my own personal belief is, you know, this is sort of what capitalism is. You know, like it's hilarious to me that people that are capitalists through and through are confused as to how to handle this certain situation when it very much mirrors a capitalist society. The more money yep. you have, the more money you bring in, the more you can spend, and the the more successful you're going to be. We've like lived in this world that is a completely made up, kayfabe fake world that like everybody has to be equal and everybody's going to be equal in terms of the NCAA, and it's never been the case. You know, like, it's never been the case that Akron and Alabama are recruiting at the same level. I'm sorry, but, like, everybody knows that, and yet the NCAA has treated Akron and Alabama like they're the same. Ari, how dare you tell them the truth? They can't handle the (laughs) truth, son. (laughs) So, like, I I just never understood the idea of, well, you've got to have guardrails, you've got to have this. Like, I understand that there are are legitimate concerns, legitimate issues – Within this system, but the the, the the fix isn't well. We've got to we've got to protect these student athletes from themselves. Hmm. No, no, the fix is over time. This brand new industry that's sort of just kind of propped up out of nowhere is going to take time to to you know rectify itself, right? That, that's pretty much what it is. You've got bad actors in the NIL world that are taking advantage, uh, you know, of kids in these situations where they're predatory deals, and you've got kids that certainly don't need to be looking at contracts that. You know that 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 don't have lawyers that are looking at contracts for them that are signing bad deals. But there's a lot of bad, really bad situations that are playing out that are bad for the kids, that are bad for universities, that are bad for everybody. And, and well, I'll be honest, five, ten years from now, a lot of these deals are going to come to light. We already saw one of them. But you've got a lot of athletes that are essentially signing away their name and like this in perpetuity to bad actors. That again, once they start having NFL careers, that they continue to owe money to these bad actors. These will start to come to light. We'll realize what the issue is. But until then will kind of not understand that issue. So, again, there are legitimate issues inside this, but I think you know, there's nothing that's going to stop bad actors from doing these kinds of things yep. like they're doing now, um, especially when it comes to the guardrails being put up. I mean, make no mistake about it. These guardrails are for the universities. They're of no protection for the students themselves, mm-hmm. as has been the case, I don't know, for 100 years uh, of college athletics history. So, you know, and then you still get the people that complain while they're getting a free education. It's like I, yeah, I was sure. about to say, where there were those people are always there, right? Yeah, but like, cool. I had to pay for my school because I didn't have a, like a special skill set that people wanted to pay a bunch of money to go attend. You know, like nobody cared to come to my English class, watch me take a test, and pay money to do so. So I had to pay for school. Sorry, life's not fair. But if you have a special skill set that has lends itself to making tons and tons of money, then you should be able to leverage that for making said tons and tons of money. And that doesn't even take into account that a lot of these kids 
are being ushered into majors that they have no interest in being in only so they can get a degree or at least quote unquote get a degree get on a path to getting a degree and play football more so than play school Ari Temkin uh Big 12 this morning before we let you go you mentioned special skills um the Heisman we've gotten down to our finalists um speaking of special skills um how in the world can they not give it to Jaden Daniels <laughs> uh, they will. Uh, they should. Uh, what he's doing statistically is on another level. He's had an unbelievable season. And, you know, if you want to give it to the quote-unquote winner, the guy that's playing in the playoff right now, I give it to Michael Penix. But that's never been the case. Right. It's never been the case for that award. Um, I'm surprised that Fort Worth's Ollie Gordon didn't get an invite. He probably should have. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's amazing and going to be a top-five pick in the upcoming draft, has not had that good of a season, and this is not a lifetime achievement award. It should have mm-hmm. gone to – to U.S. to to U.S. Trinity's Ali Gordon, so there's that. By the way, I'm glad you gave him that local shout out because he was doing some. He was doing that thing up at Oklahoma State, brother. Ooh. Yeah, he had a fantastic year this year. Didn't show up well in the Big 12 championship game, but um, yeah, he 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 put Oklahoma State on his back. And he really did. The Big 12 championship game. Yeah, man, someone needs to renegotiate his NIL situation. Give well. him some more money for for that work. Uh, Ari Tempkin. Big 12 this morning on SiriusXM. Good friend. Uh, you can check him out at Ari Sports on Twitter. Um, Ari, we appreciate you as always. Always, and man. I, I, I love that you really do help me cram in all this college football nonsense that we want to do in, in, in about 20 minutes. <laughs> love you guys. You're the best. CA, Reg, tapping in. See you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That's Ari Temkin. Big 12 this morning, SiriusXM. Uh, coming up next. Look, man, I'm sitting next to one of the dudes who has seen everything and done everything. So I like to get some of his his stories of his exploits. CA stories coming up. CA, where are you taking us? I've told this before, but I don't know if I've told it to you or the get right crowd. About the time that Michael Irvin hijacked my Hall of Fame jacket. What? Next on 1053 Defend. This segment on 105.3 The Fan is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Chevrolet, excuse me. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish the year number one in America. They're racing hard with year-end savings on over 400 Silverados. Shop them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads and relax and enjoy the difference. Don't feel bad, Rodrigo. Sometimes we all get a burp or something that... Gets us, but it is indeed the get right. <laughs> Burps otherwise right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Atatula alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. Rodrigo Mendoza burping through the burping through the ones and twos. I didn't want to burp in people's ear holes. That's, that's disgusting. See, look, we got some myself. courtesy. You know, we're exactly. not burping in your ear holes. Me. I think you should appreciate us for that. You're, you're home of not burping in your ear holes, 105 through the fan. <laughs> it's a Tuesday evening in the Metroplex, and as you can tell, just out here being unserious. Um, coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll have a conversation about these Cowboys' safeties and if they're an issue for this team. Um, like I said, we'll have that conversation at the top of the hour. But right now, I don't want to take any more time from uh, this man, Chris Arnold, 
and his stories. CA Stories, what you got for me? Hey, Rich, appreciate you. Appreciate you, Rigo, and appreciate all the totals for listening. <laughs> the tease going into the commercial break was the time that Michael Irvin hijacked my Hall of Fame jacket. All right, so you, you were in three Hall of Fames. Yes. In fact, I was going to break this down and tell you all a little bit about all these three. Okay. But also, it makes you wonder, because you, you know. Or I guess, would it be this- Halls of Fame? Sorry. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Continue. Yeah. This past weekend at AT&T Stadium, Cowboys last game, I said weekend, last Thursday, mm-hmm. they had a halftime deal where D. Ware, DeMarcus Ware, and Chuck Howley's family, Chuck Howley couldn't make it. They were getting these rings from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay. And a lot of people were like, I didn't know they gave him get a ring. We knew about the jackets. Yeah, of course. But I didn't know about the ring. Well, I started thinking about, you know, all these different big Hall of Fames have jackets. And what color is the Pro Football Hall of Fame jacket? That's a gold jacket. It's a gold jacket. That's right. Everybody always knows it's the gold jacket. They put on that gold jacket. Do you know what color the the uh, basketball? The Naismith uh, yeah. Memorial Hall of Fame. I honestly never remember it until we get to that weekend. But, of course, I remember this time because Dirk was up there in that beautiful yeah. orange jacket. Orange, yes. That seemed like they're all orange. And there's a story about the inside of the jacket. Um a longtime friend of mine went to Lincoln High School. His name is uh, Carlton Dixon, and his company designed all these jackets that go to the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame jacket. All these different clothes, but it was like the the the, the lining. lining, yeah, yeah. And and Dirks, you know, had all this Maverick stuff and memories of Germany. Whatever they want, they can put it in these linings, and that's pretty cool. And don't get me wrong, I can't remember the colors, like. If there's a jacket for Major League Baseball, the Baseball Hall of Fame, is there a jacket that goes with that? That's a good question. 877-881-1053. Somebody knows the answer. I don't know if every hall has a jacket. Okay, so mind you, I went into the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame. They inducted me in 2017. Okay. And then in 2020. They got a jacket? They have a jacket. And it's a purple jacket. Oh, okay. And in 2020. I bet the Cubans are real happy about that. They're thrilled, and I'm not happy every time I put that jacket <laughs> You're on. You're a Kappa, correct? I'm a Kappa. All right, very good. Our colors are crimson and green. Okay, so back to these jackets. Texas Radio Hall of Fame, I go in in 2020, and that was the year the pandemic was raging and it was virtual and all that. We've got a jacket. It looks like a motorcycle jacket, though. It doesn't look like, you know. Oh, yeah. It looks like a motorcycle kind of jacket. Okay. And then I last year, uh, the Texas Boxing Hall of Fame uh, inducted me into the class of 2022 and they have no jacket that I know of because they didn't give us a jacket. Someone stole your jacket. No, 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 no. I don't have a jacket. For them. If you say so. The only If I see you wearing only, a Chris Arnold jacket, it's on site, okay? Well, Get him in his jacket. The only person who's got my jacket mm-hmm. is Michael Irvin. Okay, maybe not on site with Michael Irvin. I don't think I got it like that. So here's what had happened. Yep. What had happened was in 2022, March of 2022, the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame inducted Michael Irvin. Uh, it was a class. It was a really star-studded class. Ray Crockett was in there from the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of different guys um, that made it in there. Kirk Thomas, former Maverick, former New York Nick, he's in there. And of course, he went to school here in Dallas. At, at Byron at Brian Adams and went to TCU, and he's in. There's like a whole bunch of. Them. And Michael was talking to me. Because I was on the comedian stuff. You know, I've been doing stuff with it. 
African American Museum for years, and then when I get in the Hall of Fame, when you're in the Hall of Fame, you get to be on a committee. Yeah, there you go. So I'm on a committee. And that microphone. Well, when are they gonna give us our jackets? This is before it all. This is like months early when they've told them that you're gonna be here's the can you save the date and get your family and all this. He said to me, "When do they give us our jackets?" I said, "Oh, I don't know. I the the day of. That's when they they, they give it to." But don't they measure you? I said, uh, seem like they asked you for your size. He goes, no, 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 no. No, no. I don't want no extra large, large. I, <laughs> I want my jacket tailored. Okay. I, I like said, that. I said, yeah, I understand, but I don't know how I don't know if you, they do that. I just know that they give you the jacket. They mm-hmm. asked me what size I wore. I, I said, I want a, a extra large. And so they gave me extra large. And it fits. So all as we're getting closer to that week. Michael kept saying, when are they going to have these jackets in? I said, let me call and find out. Well, you know, Michael loves, you know, looking good, to be oh, fair. Like, if you've seen him real? on any level of television, you know, one there's two things, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to be performing because mm-hmm. he is a consummate performer. Yes, he is. He's going to look good. And so I imagine that a man of that level of conviction is going to make sure that his jacket looks good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See, he said to me, he said, it's more than the jacket. And I've been knowing Michael since... 1988, when he first got drafted by the Cowboys, mm-hmm. I gave him his first ever radio show on K104. He used to, you know, got the little uh, Odyssey Sports Minute. Yeah, I mean, we had these shows like with uh, I see G Bag had uh, Zach, Zach Martin. Martin on. Yes, sir. We had a show with Michael Irvin back in those days. So I gave him his first little show. So we've been friends ever since. And he said, "Chris, it's more than the jacket." He said, "I'm going to have a complete outfit." I said, "What?" Oh, he said, "Come on, man." I'm going to the Hall of Fame. I got to have a whole outfit. It's all got to match up. I can't have my purple tie not be the exact same color of purple as the jacket. I got to make sure that the pocket square match. He's going on and on and mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, it ain't that crucial, Mike. He said, no, it is. I feel like everything about Mike is that crucial. Like, he, he brings that level of energy to anything and yes, everything. Yes, he does. If he's ordering lunch, I imagine he so brings So he's that blowing me up on the phone. Texting me, he's like, when when's the jackets coming? I was asking over the you know Hall of Fame, when are the jackets coming in? Because Michael ordered you know his jacket. Yeah, he want to make sure it fits. He wants to he wants to put it on early. He can't put it on early. He can only put it now. You know. Oh, we got rules behind when you can get. Oh no, you, you, you got so you older, you got stuck as the middleman. You got older people who want to do it a certain way. Of course, been, and they got you know they're. And it's like, no, this is the way. And I'm like, Michael Irvin wants to make sure the jacket matches his outfit. Well, we he's just, just going to be out of luck. Oh, Lord. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh-huh. So, so my, I said, Michael, they won't let you put on the jacket until you go in. He's not going to let you. He said, oh, come on, man. There's got to be some kind of way. And I said, yeah. I said, it's purple. I, I said, I'll take a picture of my jacket so you can see the color purple. He said, I got a better idea. Why don't you send your jacket over to my tailor so I can get the dimensions proper? He said, what size do you wear? I said, I wear extra large. He said, let me see over there and he can match up the purples and make sure all the stuff and give an idea what kind of slack should go with this mm-hmm. and good yeah. look. Yeah, sounds like a plan. I said, sound like a plan. Yeah. So his tailor came by and picked up my jacket. Now, this is like on a Wednesday. The ceremony's on a Saturday. Michael tells me a little bit later, dog, I won't be able to make the ceremony. I said, what do you mean you won't be able to make the ceremony? What? He said, man, 
NFL Network got me booked on something the exact same time in Washington, D.C., and he was livid. He said, I can't believe this is happening. So I said, let me talk to the committee, see what we can do. They actually have a thing the night before. It's kind of like a, a, a cocktail reception. Sure, sure. Yeah, all, yeah. And so all the class of 2022 was all there together, all guys together. And, and then the day of the, and I'm the MC for the uh, actual swearing-in ceremony, the whole ceremony. So I'm, I'm like, okay, we'll just run video from the night before when we talk about Michael going in, blah, 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 blah. We yep. show that video from the night before. Solved. They're not going to give him his jacket, are they? No, here's what happened. Here's okay. what happened. Okay. All right. I'm listening. I get, we get to that Friday, right, to the cocktail reception. And all these other guys, they haven't gotten their jackets yet. They're just wearing whatever looks nice. Oh, no. Well, Michael said, you know, for the video. Oh, Lord. We got to have the jacket. And I'm like, well, where is the jacket? He said, dog, see, you know, you're my boy. But I told my tailor, go ahead and take over your jacket and tighten it up and tighten up this and make the sleeve long over here. I said, what? He He just straight took your jacket. He hijacked my jacket. That's crazy. But let me tell you the moral of the story. I got his. There you go. There you go. And even more so, I'm going to give you one more. I ain't even that mad about it because as I told Michael, I said, Michael, it ain't the end of the world. You got my jacket. I got your jacket. And you can keep that jacket because it is purple and that's cute dog colors. And I don't wear that purple all the time. I ain't wearing that jacket. Only time I wear that jacket is when I'm doing a function representing the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame. And that's about it. I don't wear it everywhere I go. You can have my jacket and I'll just keep yours. And thus, that's the story of Michael J- Michael Irvin hijacking my jacket. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Because he had to look to look playmaker don't play. That look, he got that's the tough good. thing about. Because I'm like, he got to look good. Everybody, you know, you find to hear about situations. Where, well, I would have said, and I'm like, actually, I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> I probably would have been like, yeah, you got it, Mike. And so, uh, so I, like I said, I can know when I walk around now to this day, I'm wearing Michael Irvin's jacket. There you go. He got mine. I got his. He done tighten it all up so it fit him to a T, though. I would I would expect nothing less. And oh, it was matching. You should you, sh- you should have his tailor tighten yours up so it fits you to a no, team. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's some CA stories right here on the Get Right on 1053 The Fan. Coming up next on your home of the Cowboys. Are these Cowboys safeties low key an issue for the for these Cowboys? We'll discuss it next on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 